Hello, we're up to Exodus chapter 13. Finally, in this chapter, they're going to leave Egypt. And this is what the whole book is named after, the Exodus, or, you know, like the exit, the exit out of Egypt. <laughs> so we finally got to the part the book is named for. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Sanctify to me all the firstborn, whoever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of animal, it is mine. Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand Yahweh brought you out from this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. Today you go out in the month of Abib. It shall be when Yahweh brings you into the land of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Hivite and the Jebusite, which he swore to your fathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall keep this service in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and in the seventh day shall be a feast to Yahweh. Unleavened bread shall be eaten throughout the seven days, and no leavened bread shall be seen with you. No yeast shall be seen with you within all your borders. You shall tell your son in that day, saying, It is because of that which Yahweh did for me when I came out of Egypt. It shall be for a sign to you on your hand, and for a memorial between your eyes, that Yahweh's law may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand Yahweh has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this ordinance in its season from year to year. It shall be when Yahweh brings you into the land of the Canaanite, as he swore to you and your fathers, and will give it to you, that you shall set apart to Yahweh all that opens the womb, and every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be Yahweh's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck, and you shall redeem all the firstborn of man among your sons. It shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this? That you shall tell him, By strength of hand Yahweh brought us out from Egypt from the house of bondage. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, Yahweh killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of livestock. Therefore I sacrifice to Yahweh all that opens the womb, being males, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be for a sign on your hand and for symbols between your eyes, for by strength of hand Yahweh brought us out of Egypt. When Pharaoh had let the people go, God didn't lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war, and they return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness, by the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up armed out of the land of Egypt. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had made the children of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones away from here with you. They took their journey from Sukkoth and encamped in Etham, in the edge of the wilderness. Yahweh went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might go by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before 
the people. We've just had the plague of the firstborn and now they're, they're leaving and God says to them, um, all of your firstborn are mine. And that kind of makes sense because all the firstborn that were in Egypt were destroyed. You know, they were gods in other words, but God has saved all of these firstborn. And so he's basically saying to them, if it wasn't for me, you would all be dead, so you're mine. And um, I'm, I'm a firstborn male, um, first child in my family, and I've often thought about this plague. You know, it does seem arbitrary that it's the firstborn. Um, and sometimes we don't always understand why God picks a certain thing. But this theme of the firstborn is, is a strong biblical idea that runs from before, the, before this chapter. There's already the theme of the firstborn running all the way through the Bible. You'll remember from the book of Genesis that there was a, quite a number of times where the firstborn, like let's say Cain and Abel, the firstborn Cain, he misses out. He does something wrong and it ends up being one of the others, Seth, that becomes the one to inherit or Jacob and Esau, the secondborn inherits. Joseph, he's not the firstborn. He inherits. There's this whole pattern of God taking someone who's not a firstborn and making them a firstborn. And it turns out that's us. And so we get to here and we find out that all the firstborns belong to God. So what we're, what we're seeing here now is two ideas. One, if you're following God, you're a firstborn. And two, all the firstborns belong to God. And they're both here. In fact, in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 23, it says that we are the church of the firstborn. And that's got two meanings, because Jesus is the firstborn, so we're the church of Jesus, but it's also the church of the firstborns. And also, Jesus is said to be the firstborn to rise from the dead. So it's a whole theme, and you should go and explore it more. But even if you're female, or even if you're the last in your family, you could be one of, you know, ten kids, and you could be born last, you're still a firstborn if you're in Christ. <laughs> so this is talking about us. And the Bible says that, that if we're firstborn, we belong to him. And we need, we, we de- and you know, as... As Protestant Christians, um, we dedicate our children to the Lord. So all of mine, as, as when they were little babies, we bring them to the Lord and I say, Lord, this child is yours. You know, the Lord has given us the child. We wouldn't have been able to have children except for him. And we, we dedicate the child by giving the child back to the Lord. And that child has to grow up and affirm their own dedication because... Um, there are definitely children who grow up and don't want to follow the Lord. They don't want their lives to belong to God. They want to do their own thing. But there are also many who grow up and the, the, the calling and the purpose of the Lord is upon them. And they do. They say, to the, as I did, I said, Lord, I was dedicated as a child and I, and I want to follow you and, and serve you and honor you. And so the question, I guess, to ask you is, are you dedicated to the Lord? If you're, in, if you're in the body of Christ, then you're a firstborn, and the Lord has said you're his, so are you dedicated to him? Well, if you're not, you know what to do about it. And uh, this chapter finishes by um, God decides not to take them the quickest, the quickest route. So if you know your geography, 
they are up in the top of Egypt in the delta of the Nile. And um, they're in a, a city or an area called, the Bible called it Goshen when they first went there. In archaeology today, they call it Avaris. The Bible here says they left the city of Ramses, but it wasn't called the city of Ramses until after they had left. So at some point after this, um, it's been updated in the Bible, like a scribe has changed the name so that people knew where they were talking about, um, because they left before it was called the city of Ramses. So this is up in the top of the Nile area in the Delta, and they could have just gone around the edge of the Mediterranean Sea straight to, to Israel, where Canaan is, but they would have had to have gone through the land where the Philistines are. <laughs> and we're going to learn a lot more about the Philistines in books to come, like particularly Kings and Samuel, particularly Samuel. And um, But for now, the, God says that he is not going to take them by that shorter route. He's going to take them a longer way to avoid that problem of con confronting the Philistines. And I think this is interesting because it just shows that God chooses why, God has reasons why he does things a certain way. And when we pray, you know, we often are thinking of the shortest way to get our prayer answered. But the Lord is thinking of, the Lord's not thinking of how quickly he can answer the prayer. He's thinking of how he can answer the prayer properly. So the Lord believes in quality. <laughs> the Lord believes in a quality answer to prayer, whereas we often want a quick answer to prayer. So the Lord will often take the long approach to answering our prayer so that he can do it well whereas we're often just interested in a quick answer. And we've got to, re this has happened to me many times where I've asked for something and I thought, God's just not doing it. And then I find out years later that he was at work uh, doing the thing I was asking for. I just didn't know. It was only a long time later I could look back and see, wow, God was actually doing something. And a perfect example is when my wife and I didn't have a home, we, we had had some investment homes and some things had gone wrong. And one of, the, one of our homes was destroyed by renters and uh, we were unable to get insurance because of a technicality. And we had to, you know, we lost our investments over all of that. And um, we ended up having to, you know, consolidate debt and all sorts of crazy stuff. And so we were, we were looking to get another home and I had prayed. The Lord had given me a promise. He was giving us a home, but I wondered year after year after year, where was this home the Lord had, had said? And um, it was only just last year that we were able to get the home that we have. And I found out that that home had been empty and unoccupied for seven years. And people had come along and made all these offers on the home and they'd all fallen through. And it all went back right to the time where the Lord had said he was giving us a home. <laughs> it's amazing. Right at the time that the Lord made this promise and I was praying and I was thanking the Lord and I was wondering where my home was, it was there all along. And people were trying to buy it and their finance was falling through or they were making offers that were too high or they made offers that were even low, but the owner knocked them back thinking he'd get more. And then the price went down and he should have accepted their offer and so many things were going on and I knew nothing about it. The Lord was taking the long route to give us our house and all we wanted was the quick route. <laughs> uh, isn't he amazing? And so it's probably the same for you. There's probably a bucket load of prayers in your life that are just look like they're not getting answered. No, but the Lord's taking the long and the slow route because he's aiming for a quality answer, not the quick one.
So you should just stop and thank him for that. Thank him that he's actually answering your prayers and, um, and then look forward to seeing the outcome of them. So Lord, we thank you that you answer our prayers. Sometimes it takes a lot longer. Lord, they could have gone straight to Canaan in a week, but they got there in 40 years. It was a lot longer. But Lord, you did fulfill your promise and you did give the land of, of Canaan to the Israelites, just like you said. And Lord, you've promised things to us as well. And you, you hear our prayers as well and fulfill your promises to us. And thank you that you do. We honor you today as God Almighty and as our God as well. In Jesus' name.